Welcome to Post Doom, regenerative conversations exploring overshoot grief, grounding, and gratitude. I'm Michael Dowd, your host. And in this conversation, recorded in September of 2019, I speak with Raul Ilargi Meyer. Most of us just know him as Ilargi. Ilargi and Nicole Foss have been the force behind the automatic earth. And Ilargi, for many years, still, can, still does to this day, writes The Debt Rattle. And he has, you know, a, an introduction, a link, and then excerpts from 12 to 15 major news articles from that day. And for a period of about two years, I checked it every single day, the debt battle. So I wanted to have a Largi as part of this post-doom perspective because he gets the big picture, including all the finance stuff that rarely gets reported on. And occasionally he's actually quite prophetic. So I encourage you to check out the automatic earth, uh, his stuff as well as Nicole's and, uh, and, and his debt battle. One of my main sources of uh, sort of news aggregate on things related not just to financial but a number of things related to sustainability on on your debt rattle uh, on the automatic earth so i'd like to for people who aren't familiar with you and your work um, i'm wondering if you could please at the beginning just share a little bit about so folks can sort of get who you are and and what you bring to the world what your uh, particular passion or interests are these days with more and more it's politics, right? <laughs> the last few years. Yeah. And that's, that's not because it's my passion. Because <laughs> do a news aggregate, you can't escape that anymore. Yes. But, you know, uh, 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 Nicole and I, Nicole Foss and I started uh, the Automatic Earth uh, uh, was it, January 2008, so uh, 11 and a half years ago. Because we were, before we were writing for the oil drum, and uh, that was all about energy and only energy. And we wanted to tackle finance as well, because this was before the, the you know, GFC, you know, the, the great financial collapse. Is, is that what they call it, the Australians? It's really an Australian thing, right? I, I have no idea. I'm, I'm in, in the United States, so I have no idea what Australia calls it. But it's, yes, the, no, the GFC. I think no, 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 that's, Australia was the first place where, where I heard that used. Oh, I see. OK. It doesn't matter, but this was we we were saying this that that this whole thing would collapse before it actually collapsed. Yes. And uh, uh, yeah, well, so at first it was a lot about finance, but then uh, uh, at the old drum, obviously, we were talking a lot about energy, and of course, like everybody starts with the environment, right? And only after that finds out about energy issues and finance issues or, or not everybody, but a lot of people have that same trajectory. Right. Yeah. Well, say, say a little bit more about your debt rattle because uh, the debt rattle every day or virtually every day you uh, post, um, I don't know, 10 to 20 um, news articles and aggregate site where you, you uh, cut and paste some of the best quotes. You give your own introduction, which is always fun for me to read. Um, say a little bit more about what you've done over this 11-year uh, time period and how things have shifted uh, at all. Well, the, the, the dead rattle, I think, maybe has gotten out of hand a little bit. <laughs> no, you know, at, at a certain point, the, the, things really changed a lot from when we started in 2008 to, you know, as, as, as time went on. Right. At a certain point, I, I thought we need just daily content. And the easiest way to get daily content was to 
post what I was already reading anyway. Yes, like in, exactly. in, in the beginning, we had also, we, we started out with dead riddles, but they were like really, really long articles where I used to put a lot of my own opinion in them and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Then they were not the, the aggregators that, that, I, that I use now. But, but yeah, it, it did get kind of out of hand, I think, because it takes me five, six hours a day and maybe I should use those hours in a, in, in a more uh, original content sense. Also, in the past few days, I've gotten a few mails from Google AdSense that I'm violating some of their regulations. Oh, really? If, of course, they don't say which ones. They just give you a library full of regulations and please pick out which ones you think you're violating. <laughs> I don't fucking know, do I? How can I know? But this may be content related or, you know, copyright related. Yeah, yeah. But I have no way of knowing. Yeah. Facebook threw out the Automatic Earth uh, account uh, three, four years ago. Oh, really? Never, never explained why. Never said a word. Well, they didn't exactly throw it out. I have no access to it anymore, but I still get emails from, from Facebook like, oh, your friend posted this, your friend posted that. I mean, these companies are like the worst things in the world. Like they have no accountability. Yes, yes, you, exactly. You, you have to have like a, a thousand friends or a million friends and, and they all have to like, like knock on the same door and then they'll answer the door. Yeah. You fuck off. <laughs> So, okay, so let me ask then, because this conversation series is largely about sort of what I'm calling post-doom, overshoot, conversations around overshoot, grief, gratitude, and grounding is the way we subtitled it. Um, but it's really people who get the big picture, who get the big picture ecologically, environmentally, finance-wise, which you get in spades, uh, energy, because energy undergirds the whole thing. And to some degree, human nature. Now, obviously, a lot, most people don't get all of that. One of the things I love about Nate Hagens is the fact that he's one of the few who really bring in also human nature. But um, I will certainly do that because Nate and I have the same teacher. Yes. Oh, okay. Cool. So, um, Nate, you have the same teacher. In what, in what sense? Jay, Jay Hansen. Oh, sure. Of course. Yes, exactly. He, he, the, Jay is the first person who introduced me to the information that... Uh, really built my my view of the world. Yes, yes. And and I'm, I'm in touch with Nate uh, sporadically, but but yeah. when we both come from the same background. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And anybody watching this or listening to this conversation, uh, uh, you you really do yourself a service to check out the um, the posts that are still up online on Die Off, uh, De Hansen's. Uh, legacy work. Um, I, I, I uh, checked that and they're not on die-off anymore. They moved to jhanson.org. Oh, okay. Good. jhanson.org. I, I, I had never seen that, and but you know, I, I don't regularly check that. It's 20 years ago that I, I read the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've uh, I, about five years ago, I cut and pasted, oh, I don't know, 20 or 30 articles uh, from there just because I thought they were great and I didn't want, in case the site went down, I wanted to make sure I had them. Yeah, 20 years ago, I read like two or three of them and then I took a month off and read everything. Yes, well, okay, so this is good. So actually, 
1999. So. Yeah, well, well, this is good. Let me give a sense of, of your trajectory in, uh, in coming to what I'm calling a post-doom place, which is beyond freak out, beyond like, oh, fuck. Uh, and, and then like, okay, you wake up each morning inspired to do what you can do. Um, what is it that uh, allows you to do that? What are the tools or whatever? So share a little bit of your story, your, your sort of uh, trajectory. I think, first of all, I think maybe you shouldn't uh, project your, uh, how do you call it, journey too much on other people. Like not everybody went through the same. Exactly. Same, same. Not everybody had the same reactions. Not everybody got grief. Not everybody got you know, there, there are differences there. What language do you use for a contracting or deteriorating future? And is there any emotionally laden language with it at all? Or is it more like collapse? Uh, I don't know if this is a language that I would use. But, but to get back to, to what you were saying before. So for me, this first time, I got out, I got out of high school, went to university and thought, this is crazy. These people want me to do the same things that I already did in high school. This was in Holland, where I grew up. They want me to do the exact same things. And these are not the same, the, 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 the things that I want to do. These are the things that they want to do. I already did six years of that. So I quit university, played in a band, worked in a bar, chased skirt, and, and, and only years later did I get back to, oh, no, no, we're going to do some... Uh, something with my brain <laughs> how, how old are you no I, I never answered that question oh okay <laughs> that's fine oh I, I, I answered that question by saying yes <laughs> whatever I, it doesn't matter I don't care <laughs> that's fine. so yeah and 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 and, and, and then, when I when I read all the stuff on Jay Hansen's side in 1999 I thought I couldn't put it into words when I was at university, but now I can. What a shit education system we have. Why do I have to go to a website that a private person from Hawaii has put together? But the, you know, the, the, the most intelligent things that, that people in recent memory have, have written and only the ones that he's read. Why do I have to go to that to get a, an actual picture, an accurate picture of the world? And university couldn't give me that at all. Yeah. 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 So yeah. <laughs> that 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 for me was a big uh, wake up moment. Yeah. And and what were you waking up to specifically? How did you see the future differently after die off? After Jay Hansen. The, the, uh, the, the, I'd already been 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 reading uh, about environmental issues because that that was that was not so so hard. And then of course, over, over over the past twenty years since I, I was reading what Jay had had uh, accumulated, uh, there's a lot more and there's more depth and and all that kind of thing. The the uh, the um, energy issue, big oil. That entire field, that entire issue, and, and all the fantastic people that he accumulated on his site, like all, all the, the, the scientists behind the whole peak oil idea, uh, that, that, uh, that uh, opened my eyes a lot. Mm -hmm. But 
the, the best thing about Jay was the understanding of the human brain, how the human brain works. Because yeah. he had all these people, uh, and you see it in every field of environment, energy, finance, saying, oh, now well, we can do this differently. And, and with what Jay accumulated, I started thinking, no, we can't. You know, yeah, we can in theory, but not in practice, because it's not how our brains work. Our brains work, the, the amoeba part of the brain is the first to act and react, to turn that around, react and act to, to anything we experience. And it's not our, our, our human brain or our, our frontal vortex, cortex. It, it's, you know, it's, it's the, the primitive part of the brain that reacts. Lizard legacy, yeah. Yeah. And that's why, as, as I've often written, uh, we are the most tragic species because we cannot see ourselves destroy stuff, but we cannot keep ourselves from doing it. Yeah. Any other animal does the same, but is not aware of, you uh, cannot see himself doing it and yeah. be aware of it. But, yeah. yeah. I'm curious, how do you see the coming... Uh, months, years, decades, and if our species has a longer than that, um, how's your sense of that? Uh, I think a lot of it depends on how much of the, uh, the natural world is going to survive uh, our, our most rapacious uh, episode. Yeah. You know, if, if there's not a lot of life left out there, then we won't be left out there either. That, that's sort of like the whole thing. Yeah, but it's it's that 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 tracks right back to to energy. You know, if the the, the, the whole Homo colossus is Homo uh, oilus, you know, it's, it's Homo Homo carbonus. <laughs> yes, exactly. That, that's all there is, you know? and 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 not Homo colus, but Homo oilus. because you know? Homo Homo colus, that's fine. You know, it takes a lot of energy to dig up coal. Uh, coal. Oil just comes spreading out of the earth. Yeah, so it's, it's it's only extra energy you know, that, that that you get, and you don't have to do anything for and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But and 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 yeah, and and then, then we do what what the amoeba do, what what the the, the uh, bacteria and the petri just do. We we accumulate, we accumulate, and, and you know, there's more and more and more, more of us uh, because this energy has to be used this 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 like this underlying secret thought that 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 is part of very much part of nature you know you, uh, get rid of the imbalance get rid of the imbalance you know? if there's a lot of energy get rid of it so your is your sense along the lines of inevitability that any tool making symbolic speech using animal probably would have gone our path uh, eventually of self destruction that, that's it's, it's interesting, but but but, but uh, um, it didn't happen in Australia. Yeah, it, well, it didn't happen for ninety-seven percent of human history either. We found ways of to constrain ourselves for most of human history. It's really only been with the mining of metals and the. Yeah, true enough. True enough. True enough. It's, it's only when we found oil <laughs> that things went completely wrong. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, I I, I was thinking uh, you sent a, a a quote from Joanna Macy. Uh huh. 
We started off science as... All right, there's science now to construct the story of the journey we've made on this earth, the story that connects us with all beings. Right now, we need to remember that story, to harvest it and taste it, for we are in a hard time, and it's the knowledge of the bigger story that's going to carry us through. Yeah, and, and I thought when I read that, like, how can you start off with science? The Aborigines have been doing this for tens of thousands of years without any fucking language, uh, without any science. You know, they, they, they have this oral history that they, they, they still know. There's fewer and fewer of them who remember, but nothing to do with science. Not, not, not how we define science, at least. Right. Well, I agree. And because much of my life in the last 15, 18 years has been about working with mostly Western educated, Western oriented folk, um, how do we bring those kind of folk, is it even possible to bring those kind of folk into the kind of relational world that the indigenous peoples had. I, 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 I didn't, no, 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 the, the, the use of the word science, because of what I know about the Aborigines, didn't really, really think of. but you know, if you're talking about modern, I'm, I'm in Athens, Greece, right? In the middle of the city, tourist area, blah, blah, blah. The only thing that connects people is iPhones. You know, interconnectedness, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're talking to people in China and Japan all the time. They're just not talking to themselves, <laughs> amongst themselves. <laughs> well, they'll, they'll order, they'll order a, a souvlaki and a beer, but then it's back to the phone. Like, either, either on like, a speakerphone or, or on, on some Facebook or Twitter or, or whatever. Now, this, is, this is an interesting phenomenon. You know, certainly, when you think about how the Aborigines uh, uh, made their cultures survive and kept their culture alive. Yeah. Well, I'm curious, did you ever have an experience of we are so fucked and have that emotionally mean like, oh, my God, like, did you, did you ever experience sort of the, the anger or the depression or the grief that many people do when they realize perpetual progress is a myth. I don't know that it made me angry. It just made me think, oh, no, I understand. Yeah. Yeah, well, not, 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 not terribly emotional. What, what I get emotional about is, is, is seeing the, the elephants and the giraffes and, and the lions and tigers disappear. Yes. Because yes. I, I cannot imagine living in a world where there are no more of these animals. Yes. That, that, that's, and, you know, and you get to think like, like Monsanto. Like how, how did we ever come to the idea that we can only grow our own food by killing everything <laughs> near that food? You know, how, how, where did the idea ever come from? Yeah. yeah I that, think that, that, I, that's the kind of thing I can get angry about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's my sense of what anthropocentrism does, what human-centeredness, once we shift from a life-centered or ecocentric worldview to a human-centered where it's all about us and we don't give a flip about any other species but our own, um, we inevitably put our path, ourselves on the path to self-destruction. We inevitably end up in this kind of a world. That's my that's sense. That's why we invented the iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs anything else anymore? <laughs> Who needs anybody else anymore? 
you know, the, 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 the influence on our lives of, of the, these, these, these little machines. It'll take 20, 25 years minimum to even understand the first bit of the influence it has on our lives. And, and there's, there's people like you and me didn't grow up these yeah. things. Imagine growing up with them, never knowing anything else. <laughs> That's scary, man. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. And I've read enough of John Michael Greer to uh, have a sense that we are also as oil, well, and, you know, a lot of the other people that you've already mentioned, but that we, are, we will see uh, technological contraction, technological simplification over the coming decades, assuming that climate change doesn't wig out in some kind of massive way that, you know, we find a, a, a rather rapid uh, collapse, which I think is possible as well. No, I, I think, and Nicole and I were right from the start, <coughs> as you've always said, it's going to start with finance. It's not going to start with ecological collapse or, or energy. It will be finance. Well, uh, and, and the rest will follow after that. Yeah, I, I agree with you with the only exception that if two or more of the, made, of the five major breadbaskets of the world fail in the same year, we are looking at serious famine. And, 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 uh, and if three of them fail in the same year, we're looking at, you know, very possibly a billion or more people dying within eight to 10 months. So well, we can make a bet on this, but what's the use? <laughs> Why, why should we? <laughs> What's the fun? Well, I, I, since you touched on finance, say, say more since, and this is one of your major fields of expertise, how do you see the finance unraveling? How do you see it collapsing? Central banks, you know, the central banks are the only reason that we still have an economy that sort of looks okay. And especially the Chinese central bank, because they've printed more money than all the other, the other central banks together. And, and oh, oh, they did, like, by, by, by a margin. Wow. And, and, and uh, yeah, how can you say when, when, when this is going to stop? You know, I mean, you, you get all these, these, these culprits, and they're all doing the same thing. It's like the, the five families in New York. And, and <laughs> who's going to start shooting first? <laughs> Do you have any if onlys? If only this, then this wouldn't have happened. Or how do you? Well, the, 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 let's let's limit it to the twentieth century. Uh, it, it was full of of moments like that. I, I think that like come twenty first century, we appear past that. But you know, when we went up the gold standard, or when World War Two was finished. Yeah, we, we could have done a lot of stuff, but then, you know, and, and only in hindsight, do you, do, you, do you read what, especially the U.S. was really up to as soon as 1946 <laughs> and all the parts of the world. Of course, the Korean War was already on and the French were involved in that. Yeah, so it's all about war. That's, that's, that's all about power. And, and, and in the end, uh, if you have the oil, then you have the power because there's no energy source that, especially when it comes to war, even remotely compares to oil. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
have you read? Hitler was going to Baku, right? And Hitler was, wanted to go to Baku because that's where the oil came from. He, he never made it there, but if he would have made it there with like an oil pipeline or something, the world would have been a different place. Nicole and I would still uh, say that it's financed the first one to, to come down because there wouldn't have been any reason for the financial system as we see today, if not for the resources. Like the, the, the financial system was built on top of the resources. That's why it'll come down first. Yeah, that makes total sense. And my, that's my sense of things. I'm curious, um, say a little bit more because everybody watching or listening to this isn't going to necessarily be familiar with Nicole. So say a little bit about what the two of you have been up to and, and are currently up to in, uh, on the automatic earth. Well, as I said before, we, we, we started the automatic earth uh, 11 and a half years ago. In the past like four years, we haven't done much together anymore. We, we lived on a farm that she had with her husband and kids uh, near Ottawa uh, like 10 years ago or something. And then, uh, then the, the, I, I'm, I'm not much of a public speaker. Nicole is. Nicole right. is going to take me. You put a, you slip a, a quarter in the bag and she keeps talking for three hours. So we, we, we did uh, one or two tours of like all throughout Europe and Australia and New Zealand. She did a lot of US tours. Um, all, all about the, 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 the same developing uh, narratives. Uh, but at a certain point, she moved to New Zealand, where she's living now. Mm -hmm. And 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 uh, uh, lately, uh, she's been telling me that I support Donald Trump, uh, which of course I don't. But <laughs> you, you cannot explain that again every single day. <laughs> yes. Uh, my my problem with with the old Trump situation is is. is not that I support Trump, but that the other side are such a bunch of idiots and fools, and 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 and, and the media uh, in in the whole Trump saga is like you know the New York Times and Washington Post. I, I saw them three years ago. I saw them up making up ten stories, bad stories about Trump, um, make them up out of thin air, just to to. to uh, wet the beaks of 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 their their uh, that, that's another uh, Godfather thing. <laughs> wet the beak of of the, the of the readers, and and now all these readers, uh, there's so much residue in their brains about anything Trump that he's a terrible person. He's a terrible person. It's like, yeah, maybe he's a terrible person, but but the other side made up the whole Russia gate thing. I mean, it, it, America is such a divided society right now, more than it ever has been, perhaps, in history. And if you look what's going on in, in the United, in, the, in, in, in Britain, the whole Brexit thing, like that, that's, that's even more weird than what's going on in, because in, there are, like 500 different ways they can go and, and they all pretend that they know exactly which way the country should go. <laughs> Jim Kunstler, I interviewed him just about five days ago. Uh, and you have yeah. been two of the people consistently 
um, hitting both sides here in America, both the liberals and the conservatives, the Democrats and the Republicans. Um, and I, I greatly appreciate that. That's not the reaction we get. Like, no, I know. The reaction we get is, oh, no, you don't attack Trump. Everybody has to attack Trump. It's like, no, no, everybody is already attacking Trump. <laughs> Well, and if I start, or, or Jim, and we've talked about this, Jim and I, if, sure. if we start making Trump as well, then we're in the same camp as the New York Times. But the New York Times is making up stories, 10 stories every single day, to, to, just to get copy. It's like, I don't want to be in that camp. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, I guess you have to follow the news the way I do, or, or Jim does, to, to, to get that distinction. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you get that, at least. At least we have one, one person. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure there's more people. Oh, I'm sure there is, too. Uh, I'm sure that, but, but I'm amazed at how many times from close friends of mine who are otherwise very ecologically oriented, um, uh, and I'll send a post that Jim has written or something that you've written, and um, I get the reaction of, well, they just don't get it. He just doesn't get it. He's pro-Trump. And it's like, no, that's not it, you know. At any rate, it's it's tiring on my side because I I appreciate both what you and Jim have, have done along those you know, lines. You know, see see what's going on with the Democratic Party now. They're 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 forcing Tulsi Gabbard out. You know, and she she has the the vote, she has the support, she has the donors, she has the donations, and and the DNC just invents uh, criteria for not including polls. That, that she does well in. Mm. It's the same thing that happened to Bernie Sanders. So you think Bernie Sanders is now standing up for Tulsi Gabbard. No, he's not. It's the same stupid party. Yeah. And, and that's, that's all you have to go against Trump. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that my sense is that the United States, at least for over 120 years, has been in the pockets of big money, and you you can't vote against the interests of Exxon. You can't vote, no matter who you elect, you're not going to vote against the interests of uh, pharmaceutical or you know uh, big banking. Uh, the 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 Democrats and Republicans, to my mind, are the the left and white right wing of the American corporate party. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you, the, the, the things that are happening in Hong Kong now, you know, you, you, my, my, my natural instinct is to, to say, well, let these people free, you know? But what exactly is the difference between Capitol Hill and the Chinese Communist Party? Yeah, yeah. sit down and talk about it for a few days? <laughs> there won't be much left after it. Right. Well, Alargi, one of the questions I'm asking a lot of the people, most of the people in this series, um, is what is your sense of like what's no longer possible and what still is possible uh, individually or collectively? In other words, what's your sense of uh, where we can make a difference and where we really can't? It's futile. Uh, you may have to remind me of the, the last bit of that because the first thing that comes to mind is 20 years ago when, when I was reading the dance stuff, one, one of the first things that, that came to my mind was I have to make a, a, a mental shift. Like we, we, we can no longer plan 20, 30, 40, 50 years ahead. You know, like, like people do when they start paying into pension plans. Because you, that, that makes no sense. I mean, 
planning 40 years ahead makes no sense anymore. Maybe, maybe it makes for you if you're 40 years old already, but your, your, your grandchildren who were 10 years old, they'll, they'll never get a pension anyway. But, but, but apart from the financial part, like the ecological part, there's no use planning that far ahead. Right. So it's time frame that, that was the first thing that I became aware of that had really had to change. Mm -hmm. So, and, and, and the, the first, the, the, the second, third bits of your question was what well, will not just, be possible? Just a sense of what do you see as inevitable and what do you see as still possible? Well, what I'm, what I'm hoping for is that we're going to shoot anybody who shoots an elephant or a lion. That, that would take out Trump's kids. <laughs> that would be a good thing. <laughs> They're completely useless. <laughs> you know, who, who the fuck can go to Africa? Excuse my language. Who can go to Africa and shoot a lion yeah. in 2018 or 2019? Who? Who are these people? Yeah. How is that possible? Yeah. So, so yeah, at, at a certain point, I hope we'll, we'll get to the awareness point where, where we can think. I, I, I know of, of, of old, old uh, Greek uh, uh, stories, I don't know if it's mythology or actual stories, where uh, the, 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 uh, the punishment for killing a dolphin was uh, death. Yeah. And, and I think it should be in Africa as well. I completely agree. One of the things that Thomas Berry used to say, he was one of my main mentors uh, in the 80s, 90s, or late 80s, 90s, and, and until he died in 2009. He said, democracies, or democracy, in its current form is a conspiracy against the living world because democracies give all rights and privileges to individuals and to corporations at the expense of nature. What we need is a biocracy where humans are speaking on behalf of the other species, on behalf of the watersheds. And as long as we have human-centered democracies, we're going to continue to destroy the planet. That, that always made sense to me. That, that, that borders on the tragedy of the commons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which a lot of people think has been uh, disproven. But well, I, no, I what, what, it hasn't been disproven. Exists, at least. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the, it needs to be, the only way that commons aren't destroyed is when there are small groups of people that are immediately and personally responsible for them. Otherwise, if nobody's responsible, then everybody degrades it. Yeah. Well, the, the only thing it, it takes really is to be aware and, and use your education systems to, to keep people aware of, of uh, you're from there. You know? and, and that brings us back to where we started, the Aborigines. You know? In their stories, they have no doubt about the value of things in nature of, 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 of uh, immobile or, or, or living things in nature. They are very aware that this is who they are. Yeah. And we've lost that. We, 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 that's, that's, that's not us. Us is uh, a <laughs> phone. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have a lot more connection to, to, to a thing like this than, than to a tree or, or, or a plant or an animal. Yeah. yeah. My hope is that pockets of humanity uh, in places that can be sustainable or at least that aren't devastated by the ravages of climate and resource depletion and toxic pollution and et cetera, et cetera, 
um, can once again come back into the kind of living arrangement with primary reality, with the biosphere, with the ecosphere that uh, the Aborigines and uh, indigenous peoples have had. Yeah, and I, I must admit that I'm completely useless in, in that, but, but you make me think of my good friend Dave Holmgren in Australia, who I really, really cherish. And he may be one of the people who can make that happen. I agree. I'll be interviewing Peter Bain, who is a, uh, he was the editor of the Permaculture Activist here in the United States uh, for many, many years. He's a dear friend of mine. Uh, he's still one of the leading permaculturists here in the United States. And I'll be actually having a conversation with Dave Holmgren um, here in about two weeks. Good, good, good. Give him my love. Yeah. I love them. Yes. Yeah. Connie and That's I do too. Moment. Even though we've not met him yet, we, we feel that love and, and uh, ad admiration for I met him a couple of times. I met him a couple of times. Yeah. That's great. Well, Alargi, any last things you want to say in terms of this conversation series? I mean, it doesn't sound like you're that post doom sort of is language that has any resonance for you whatsoever. Um, but uh, anything that you'd like to say, sort of in bringing this conversation to a close? Well, as I said, the the the, the first thing and maybe the biggest thing for me after reading. The, the, the whole die-off uh, uh, library. And it really was a library because I really took a month off and read for like eight hours. <laughs> yeah. But was, uh, okay, my, 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 my time frame, my, or my time expectation, whatever you call it, has to change. It's not about 40 years in the future. It's, it's about next year. For more information about this project, go to postdoom.com.